Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And you'll listen to The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. And I'm sorry. Why do you have a dance with me, man? We just saw my show and I gotta tell you, I feel like... You know what? Never mind, man. I feel I'm alone in this. It's all good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. On the side of me, my homeboy giving me no support. His name... (laughs) It's Black Adam Willis. Ah, well, thank you for the introduction as well. Pat, as always, my friend, it's good to see you, and I'm sorry I missed you last week, but, but it's a new day, my friend. It's a new day. How you doing? Man, it's a new life for me. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Nah, dude, I'm okay, man. Yeah. You know, the knees, the knees are healing up okay. I'm uh-huh. feeling all right. We got equipment in the house. We got new representatives. Herb's looking extra scruffy tonight. But I'm digging it. You know, in a good mood. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, my friend. Doing good. Feeling good. All right. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Because we also have a good show to go along with those good vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do. We have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you kids. But first, let me introduce our very special guest in the house. I look across at a man you've heard before, you've seen before, you've had the um, distinct pleasure of, of clutching your purses and hiding your wallets from crossing the street when he's near you. I'm talking, of course, about Rai Rai. Yeah, that's me. This guy. Very <laughs> soft-spoken, yet he carries a big stick in his pants. <laughs> Ladies. All right, and of course, I look across the table at my man, Just Johnny. Yep. Hey, welcome back, buddy. It's fun to be back. Always. Why, why do you always have the extra huge headphones like you land in planes in the studio and stuff? It's my... Gamer headphones because I need to represent. Well, no, I understand you have an image to maintain, but dude, you could do all that with, with the technology we have today, with the solid uh, 50 new, uh, uh, new, uh, new uh, yeah. magnet and a thing that fits like this small. But you well, come he's in. probably bringing them in because none of these ones in the house work. So. Yeah, that that uh, and the fact that I need I need the all over, mm-hmm. you know, around the ear instead of on the ear because it just gets sensitive. Especially, you know, we're in New England, right? Yeah. Winter's coming. Winter's yeah. coming. All right. I don't want my numb ears to be like. Pressed against. Mm. And he doesn't want to look like a poser. (laughs) (laughs) Full on coverage. It's got the blue. mm -hmm. I like the blue. All right. All around. Tight seal for your protection. All right. And of course, in the booth, keeping us sounding crisp, amazing, and delicious. Every week, I'm talking about DJ Herbie Herb. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. There you are. You're doing a new thing. I like it, man. It's just like extra, like, you know, the soft spoken, but, you know, uh, a very poignant, uh, quick one, two words there. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, see, this dude, <laughs> you run for my money. Dude. Yeah, yeah, you feel that. Well, it's like it's like a it's like a uh, it's like a, a, a dude. My, my my oral senses are just tingling here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying out for a sex uh, sex call like line. Do people still yeah. use those? You think? <laughs> those <laughs> yeah. personal those ones, I guess. <laughs> yeah, those 900 numbers still popular. I can't yeah. respect those after that Simpsons bit where it's like they had a poo and crusty and all just like, on the one party line. Did they? Yeah, I don't know if they're still around. Did they go out like the way that no, like scrambled porn went out? They are you? still around, still my go? friend. I've seen commercials late at night. You know when I'm up doing my macrame research. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have commercials. Then they're still the same too. Really? The video quality is better, but they're exactly the same uh, as they were in like ca- 1993. Yeah, I called one when I was in like grade school or something like that. I Adam, think. And uh, my mom obviously got this. She got the phone bill, and she comes up. She's like, "Adam, do you know?" Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I was like, "No." She's like, "Oh, okay. Um, you know, just checking." Yeah, and that's all she had to do. She didn't have to call me out. She didn't have to embarrass me, or whatever like that. She just brought it up very subtly. Said so that's all, you know, and then uh, and that was it. My embarrassment was uh, oh, <laughs> was was intense, but that was it. She uh, she didn't she didn't beat me over the head with it, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. You yeah, it was all right. You need a hug? <laughs> no, no, I've I've I've, I've moved on. <laughs> nah, I know the pain there, good. though, man. Um, I had a few of those stories myself. At least yours didn't involve a printer or breakfast uh, dinner table <laughs> and a nice little easel. <laughs> yeah. In the front door. So what we're gonna go over today is uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we yeah. got a lot of good stuff to cover. We good, got your family's uh, here too, right? <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't bring it up on Thanksgiving, but uh, yeah. wait, wait, do they still? <laughs> in, in adulthood, yeah, I hope Nana not. comes in. Remember that? Time? <laughs> your couch, you're looking at those. What are you watching, <laughs> honey? Yeah, <laughs> I think he's trying to watch some of those illegal videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some kind of prestigious thing I was actually going to say and went way out the window, but we yeah. do have a action-packed show for you. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff loaded. going on today. Uh, it's right? like the rafters with material, my friend. Um, we have a uh, hopefully a uh, call in coming later, but until then, we have news. Not all of it good, not all of it uh, sensical, but we're gonna start off with kind of a sad story, man. Dude, Leonard yeah. Cohen. Yeah, Leonard Cohen died, and uh, this is just another name on the long list of like the horrible 2016 that has been very 
a very well-known, very, fan, you know, fantastic singer-songwriters, artists, and everything uh, passing away in 2016. But, yeah, Leonard Cohen to add his name to that to that list as well. You know, we, so far we've lost Bowie, we lost Fife, we've lost Prince, mm-hmm. we've lost, you know, so many. Lemmy, to name just a oh, few. Dude, I forgot Lemmy. We covered that story. And it was yeah. like... Every 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 story every tale of his of his like exploits was just like dude you'll never believe what happened yeah mm-hmm. so he's crazy but um yeah Leonard Cohen was a uh, uh, I know you're not very familiar with his work not, you probably know Hallelujah like a lot of people do mm-hmm. which has been covered a thousand times most famously by uh, Jeff Buckley covered it which is a great version of that song mm-hmm. but he was yeah a singer songwriter he was a poet he was a novelist he was he was a man of many hats. And uh, most recently came out with a is kind of like a farewell album, kind of similar to what Bowie did, where he right knew. up to the end he was he felt kind of like his time was coming up, and he released a, so you want it darker Damn, was an album job, he released, man, and yeah, know? and he even come out in a few interviews and it said as much as like you know I feel like uh, you know um, my time is coming up, I'm ready, and so uh, but yeah, it doesn't make it any easier to deal with for uh, but listening to his music. Uh, since I, w- I listen to it often anyways, but listen to it more now since he's passed, kind of trying to remember him. And it's just, he was a, a very dark artist with his his content. It was, you know, very introspective stuff. It was dealt with love and death and, and loneliness. And, really? and I only yeah. know, like, the one song and then an appearance. It always, I assumed he was like a, a, a Christian singer or one of those uplifting. No, he was, he was a very... Uh, uh, he was Jewish. He was a very uh, oh, well, Jewish <laughs> Jewish artist, but and Canadian. And um, but yeah, a very a very uh, dark stuff. Very you know some some quietly uplifting. Mm-hmm. But it was it's not the stuff you play like at a party or something like that. It's not if you're like, hey, you know, you got the ox cord and the uh, and the Uber or something like that. You're not throwing on Leonard Cohen's music. You know, you kind of listen to it to yourself and you kind of reflect and, and that's the type of music uh, he listened to. But it was... hundreds families where they have a piano in the corner. Those types of things. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, um, hugely influential. Um, came out in the, you know, the 60s and yeah, um, just a fantastic songwriter. Okay. And that can't be stated enough. Just a very, very good songwriter. Right, and uh, yeah, his music is is you know going to be listened to for your for years and years and years and years. And and you know it's helped me through some dark times too. It's kind of what you listen to when you're you know having those you know lonely moments where you're feeling like you know introspective and needed inspiration. Sad, you know? Yeah, we didn't make the football team. Yeah, when he did make the 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 the, the Glee club. <laughs> He needed, he needed it's more like when you're, you know, your your girlfriend breaks up with you, and you're 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 feeling suicidal type stuff, you know. But oh, see, that's when I'd listen to like Twisted Sister, and everyone would be like, "But but but you're black." And I was like, "I know, but the pain is." But real. the hair is still here, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Leonard Cohen, at 82 years old, you know, he was still doing it right up to the end, which is crazy. You know, it's like I said when I made the reference to Bowie, it's like right up to the end, you kind of feel your time is there. So it's kind of like his goodbye in a way. And you're glad that like people that you know are that you like that much have that moment where they can actually give you this goodbye, this farewell. Like here it is, you know what I mean. So right up to the end, I know. Um, actually, a few, maybe a month or two before his muse for many years, that a lot of his famous uh, famous songs came from. Um, she passed away as well, and I know he wrote a letter to her, saying as much, saying like, "I, I feel, I feel I'm right behind you." I feel Ooh, like that—that wow. that, you know, you're on the other side. That if you reach out, you can touch my hand. That's how close I am. So okay, that's creepy. Yeah. So like I said, he would—he—he he knew that he had, you know, his health was failing over the years, and he was right there. But yeah. Well, okay. Well, talk to me then, because you know his work better than I did. What was your like go-to song? Um, I liked the song "The Partisan." The part. Okay. Uh, a lot. Um, Sing a little for us. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but it was very basic stuff, you know what I mean? Usually just like a little guitar, a little synthesizer, something like that. Kind of very basic. And, and it was mostly about the songwriting, about the, the, the themes of the song, the feeling of the song, mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I think that's why a lot of people, you know, it touched a lot of people. A lot of, you know, people responded to his music because it was so personal. And, you know, I'm one of those people that uh, his music definitely influenced. So, you know, that's cool. rest in peace. Absolutely. Leonard Cohen passed away 82 years old. Rest in peace. Yeah, and we also lost Robert Vaughn too. Didn't Robert we? Vaughn, yeah, yeah. Um, he's an actor I've seen in a few things. I didn't know his work that well. I watched. Um, I think he was the man from Uncle. The man was, from Uncle. Uh, yeah. the, the the 
probably what most people know him from, but I think I knew him most from, uh, remember the movie from Basketball? <laughs> <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone, Basketball. Wait, so you wouldn't throw out the, um, the uh, Marky Salomon commercials? I don't think so. Yeah, I, he, did, he, did, he did all these commercials for like the, uh, the, uh, the, TV, um, the TV lawyers. Yeah, and I thought for a while that's who it was. I thought right, he was. right, right. You thought he was the yeah, yeah. No. The, the all office of Marquis Salmon. No, I'm, I'm like, oh, that dude looks serious. <laughs> it's not him yet. That's the man. No, but he uh, was in basketball. He had that line. It was, uh, it was Jenny McCarthy's in that movie too. Uh, don't and he keeps trying to get her to do stuff, but it sounds sexual. But it's actually he's like, my lobby could use a good buffing, if you know what I mean. And then it's actually her like buffing the lobby of his hotel or something like that. It's so stupid. But uh, yeah, like, Robert well, man. The last role I saw him in, he was in. Um, uh, Hustle. It was a BBC show. Okay. It was a British I didn't watch program. That one, and it was kind of a prestige. It was kind of cool. It was like a British leverage. Yeah. Except they're still con people. They're still criminals. Um, <laughs> right. They're a group of con artists and it kind of had a rotating cast. If you're familiar with Warehouse 13, H.G. Wells was on there. Yeah. You know, or um, I guess if you're familiar with um, uh, I love the show. What's it called? That program that I can't remember the name of, she was in that too. But it was a good show. Robert Vaughn played the more uh, old, the distinguished older uh, older grifter, and he played it well. Like he really seemed like he was made for that role. And a lot of roles I saw him in, random ones, including the Marky Salomon commercials that I just uh, mm. alluded to right now. Uh, he had that look. You know, his acting was spot on, but it also like his look. He did, yeah. Uh, went with every role. You know what he kind of looked like when I'm, you know, thinking about it now is he Old looked like guy, I know it was perfect. <laughs> he was like made for it. Yeah, he looked like Grandpa from Hey Arnold. What? A little bit. You no, know what I mean? he had like the, the turkey bone... neck with that weird ass. Yeah, like the bone structure in his face. He kind of had that, right? Well, this Am was a respectful obituary. Now <laughs> he kind of looked like Grandpa. No, Grandpa. that dude looked like, like, uh, looked like Frank Perdue, man. Don't nah, do that I don't to know, him. man. All right, well, Robert Vaughn, uh, noted actor. If you're familiar with the Man from Uncle, it's actually it was actually a good uh, series. Don't let that. They had, yeah, they had a remake last year opinions. too. Yeah. yeah, let's not. I didn't see it. So. Yeah, but no, the Man from Uncle. Check out the original stuff from Robert Vaughn. Rest in peace, dude. Right. All right, so we do have actual news we want to touch on real quick. Um, let me go to uh, the thing that I sent you earlier. So my notes are all jumbled. I apologize, sent me sir. No, I, I sent you lots of stuff. Um, not the dick pics. The other, the other thing. All right. Yeah. Those. Those yeah, I just saved those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just saved those. And, and some magic. Oh, <clears throat> we do have a lot of good stuff, man. Um, now, first news story: Seattle Seahawk Cassius March, excuse me, um, appeals to Twitter for his stolen Magic the Gathering cards. Now the athletes, I know the first thing you're thinking too is like football players play magic. Dude, I know. This is the age we live in. Age of the geek, baby. Uh -huh. yep. oh, yeah. Coming back in a big way. Oh, right? Stop it. You see, that kind of thinking is what set geeks back 20 years. We had a revolution back in 19... Okay, no, I'm going to stop. Cultures cross now. I played baseball. I played uh -huh. hockey. And Again, played... even despite being black. Yeah. And, and you played I magic. Still... I, didn't, I didn't play magic. That's the you thing. You didn't? Oh, wow. I'm at a company... No, dig this. I'm at a uh, company now in my other life where uh, the CEO, one of his... Like, start founded the company. Like, older guy made it like a, not company policy, but made it uh, available to uh, his employees, a uh, daily magic game. Wow. And they cool. have in-office tournaments. This is a place that they actually do legit business. And these really? are like cutthroat Wall Street people, yet every lunch break for an hour, they all break out their own private deck. One, <laughs> the IT guy sells them. It's, 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 it's wild stuff. Reminds me of high school. Now, mind you, well, you all, I imagine you all had some kind of like, you know, illegal magic ring, like, dude. Okay, this huh? card right here. Oh, lunchtime. That, that's what you do. High school, you just bust out with your decks and uh, start playing on top of where you eat. It's great. See, yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone was doing something productive. We were delinquents, <laughs> like slapping each other's hands and stuff, seeing who could go red the fastest. Mm. My, buddy, my, buddy, my buddy Junior had like calluses. This dude was uh, this dude was 15 years old, had hands of like some kind of factory worker from like 1932. <laughs> Leather mitts, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, just, it, was, it, was, it was sadistic because he, because, never, never mind. Um, but... Uh, we're talking about uh, Cassius Marsh, and dude, it's kind of wild because his collection was stolen. Yeah, so he he, he appealed to the people online on his uh, social media and stuff mm -hmm. to get his deck back. I remember this happened for a, a quarterback mm -hmm. that lost his luggage on the way to the airport. I think he said as much. He's like, guys, if you see this bag along the highway, blah 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 blah, it's, mm -hmm. it's my stuff. I need it back. Can you Wait, you know he help get me? It back? I think so. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Um, well, Cassius has yet to get his cards back. <laughs> now that um, guy's sitting there like, yeah, you know, no, stuff no, this is, like, is kind of cool. This is one of those things um, where it's like it's primarily primarily a story because it didn't affect our audience, but it's kind of a cool thing to know that this kind of stuff exists in the world. Uh -huh. Like when we reported about uh, about uh, To. Uh, flying to Florida to, to uh, actually face down the dude who challenged him uh, oh, yeah. FIFA online. I remember that. Yeah. Right. Um, Good for well, him. Well, this is kind of a, this, this is more of a human interest piece, I guess, than a touching one. Um, uh, his collection was in a backpack 
uh, that was stolen uh, from his car while his girlfriend was borrowing it. Now she borrowed the club in, and I guess left the window open or something. Somebody, uh, you know, broke in, grabbed the bag, and then you know I broke gotcha. out. Um, now Marsh offered a reward of uh, two tickets to go to the next Seattle Seahawks game, uh, home game, uh, if the cards were returned. Now, was there like a particular card in there, or is it like a not yeah. a particular card? He had a rundown of like of like rare cards. Oh wow! Uh, okay, so. you know he listed them, which I guess may have been a may have been a smart move, or may have been a really stupid move. Because if anyone tries to fence him <laughs> and he makes this information public, uh, any any honest fence will be like, you know what? No, this is pretty publicized stolen stuff. We want no part of this, and they might report them. Versus any like shady fence would be like, oh, you've got this going on, and we know it came. From <sighs> And yeah. offer more because they can go back to do for the reward or they can anyways it's <laughs> dubious whether or not it was a good or bad move but yeah he had the um collection was estimated to be worth between uh 20 and twenty five thousand dollars. wow really of magic cards yeah just we did a, well, we did a, a news thing the other day somebody stole a, a somebody broke into a comic book place and stole a bunch of magic cards and yeah that's particularly the one card that was worth Upwards of you know many many thousands of dollars, which is still baffling to me that Tens of that, thousands. that, that nah, these dude. cards are worth that Amy much. Amy broke it down on that show. Certain yep. cards, due to their rarity, due to their um, limited printing, yeah. uh, due to their just uh, uh, overpoweredness yep. in actual gameplay, can can boost and affect the value tremendously, <laughs> exponentially. It's um, it's mainly the uh, the overpoweredness of the card, and uh, more importantly, the limited print of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, see, and dude, you're familiar with that stuff, man. Did you ever collect comic books or, or baseball cards? Well, I, I get it. I just did think Magic had that, you know, of that much value. I mean, especially now that baseball cards and basketball cards aren't really worth anything. Nah, true. That sucks. So, I had good ones. Yeah. No, I got I got the sense of why, too, because Magic is one of those things, even though they still print them, um, certain editions, uh, they're not necessarily go out of style. That's the easiest way I'm thinking of. But certain editions are no longer in print. Right. And they just stop making them. So if you have good cards from there that aren't in print, aren't available anymore, but are still register, uh, recognized in, like, you know, league and tournament play, then those become, like, the shiznit cards you have. Actually, they, they all go out of print. They all, well, yeah, I mean, with, within, like, five years, they, they go out of print. Every the, new set. And the ones, are they still allowed? You can still play with them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can still play with them. Uh, they have uh, three different tournament formats. Uh, one of which is everything's allowed. Uh, the next one is everything everything's allowed except for the broken cards that that are completely overpowered. Mm-hmm. And then the final one is uh, you only play with I think like the most recent two years worth, two or three years worth of Magic card sets. So uh, they call that standard format. So crazy. And dude, I mean, think about your experience with Pogs. Okay, now when you hey, had the hey. Pog going back, when yeah. you had the ultimate, I had that slammer. one masher that I really liked. You yeah, know? yeah, had serrated uh, like saw blade edges and stuff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not making that up. No, no, it, you were a Pog guy. No, I I had Pogs, but I wouldn't call myself a Pog guy. Oh, Adam Willis, <laughs> you know yourself, man. this dude. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so basically, what it comes down to is we're not alone in Geekdom here. This is what's really cool. Now, word of the situation reached Wizards of the, uh, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, Magic headquarters um, in uh, in California, and uh, they sent a care package for March with a message. Now uh, I got the quote here. <clears throat> uh, Worth noting, lots of the product in that care package came from the personal collection of Wizards of the Coast employees who wanted to help out too. You know, they tweeted that uh, they will also be donating a gift of equivalent retail value to a Seattle-based children's charity. Uh-huh. So the twenty and twenty-five thousand dollars of stolen cards, um, even if he didn't get those back, that uh, equivalent value goes to a good cause. <laughs> you know, they'll donate. I just want to like imagine the guy that stole those too, and he's thinking he's gonna get like something really good, and it's just in those little bunch of cards that he doesn't know what to do with. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, man, I was hoping for something like Beats by Dre headphones or something like that, and instead I got all these magic cards I don't play. You know, Dude, someone's cool. gonna be very lucky when when whoever stole it doesn't know what to do with it, hands it off to someone for like fifty bucks. Someone's always, gonna be. I've always wanted to be a happy. recipient of that kind of stuff. Like I, I've always, I, I know several. I've known shady people growing up, not. Uh, things that I've done myself. I want to make sure. Mm-hmm. All, all you have to do is just 
Just go to Fall River, man. Get well, the five finger discount all the time. Just, go, just pick a bar on East Main Street. Okay, the 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 claims made by just Johnny on this program <laughs> do not necessarily reflect. This black market. <laughs> but no, I always wanted to have something Magic be like, yeah, dude, man, I picked up this stuff. You know, uh, there's a couple of games here too. You can have those, and I don't know some other stuff here. I'll be like, okay, what's this? Uh, oh, Amazing Fantasy number one. Yeah, th- I'll take that. Thank you for. <laughs> But number one, what was the first one with Spider-Man? Was that number 12? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and FYI, I used to bartend on East Main Street in Fall River, so that's why I know. Got you. So if you need those legal connections, just Johnny is the man to come to. You, his face is on camera. You can try to... <laughs> <laughs> Don't see the fist. All right. Uh, we mentioned how much of the cards were actually uh, valued. Uh, Mar- final word for Marsh, just making an appeal to anyone who can get the cards back. Um, uh, it's not even the money. I really enjoy playing the game. He's a 24-year-old dude, mind you. Um, he said he'd been playing since he was 11 years old. And to him, well, to, the, in the actual quote, to me, uh, that's what I do to get my mind off of things sometimes. You know how people zone out? This is how I zone out. And mm-hmm. it's just like, dude, it's not like you stole something of value to me. It's like you stole something of sentimental value. You stole something right. Personal. And I, I do. I sympathize. Yeah, you with stole that. someone's getaway. You know what I mean. That's what they're into. I hope he gets well, back. No matter what it is, you know what I mean. People, people have that all sorts of stuff. People listen to music. People play poker or something like that. That's how this guy, you know, kind of winds down and everything like that. Yeah, it's a bummer when you lose this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan you know, has his dolls that he dresses up in, in frail, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, outfits. They're called no, action no. figures. No, they're called dolls. EST parties and such. <laughs> you see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, final news story real quick we'll touch on. Because uh, real quick, I'm a big Star Trek fan. You know, this, I can yeah. never risk a good one. And Star Trek Discovery goes X-rated. Yeah. Woo! The first episode of Star Trek Discovery is set for broadcast TV. That's the one that's going to run on CBS, the new one that was held by Brian Fuller. Um, but once it moves to the digital uh, CBS All Access, uh, FCC broadcast rules no longer apply. So, um, in a recent podcast appearance, the CBS um, Interactive uh, CEO, um, this dude, uh, Jim Lanzone, uh, dropped that the show may include nudity and profanity. Wow. Um, now, quote, as long as it's relevant to the story, as long as it serves the story. There's green women. Just, They're going to yeah, make yeah. a lot dude, of stories based around that. Man, I, will, I, I, would, I would love to just grab on a green. All right. Well, anyways, we'll put that aside for now. We happen to have on the line a special guest. Who are we talking to? Frederick. Hey, Frederick. How you doing? Good. Good. All right, Frederick. You are on the Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. You want to give our listeners a heads up as to who you are? Um, I'm a best friend of Champ Champ. Best friend of Champ Champ. Cool, cool. And why are you calling him, buddy? Um, I'm looking at the broadcast on Facebook. <laughs> ah, okay. So you're checking us out? Yes. All right. All right. What you got to say, man? You want to talk to the people? Yeah, everything's good down there. Give a shout out to everybody that's in Boston and shit, and stuff like that. All right, cool, cool. Appreciate it, man. Frederick calling in from Boston, giving a quick shout out. Yeah. Frederick, you want to say y'all keep listening to WEMF for us? Keep listening to WEMF for us. And represent the Geek Down. The Bean Town. <laughs> All right, Frederick. Thank you very much, man. No problem. Thank you, bro. All right, local caller showing, uh, calling in to give us a little love. That's cool. That's decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let me just wrap up the um, the uh, Star Trek story because, dude, we have reviews I want to get into, and I want to know what's going down with some certain broads that did some stuff. Mm-hmm. And this dude, Martians, cat, uh, catfishing people, man, wild stuff. Wild <laughs> stuff. All right, so... Uh, um, X-ray, yeah. X-rated... Uh, X-rated Star Trek? Uh, X-rated Star Trek. Dude, I'm all about some green... Which I, I know you've you've been thinking about for a while. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah all right, dude, so those, don't don't hate me. What do you got? X-rated Star Trek, you ready for this? You ready for this? Uh, wait, bo- bra- brace yourself, apparently. To, to boldly Ill. go where no nerd has gone before. Oh, stop it. Stop it. How long have you been sitting on that one, too? This dude's I, been... <laughs> As soon yeah. as you said X-rated in Star Trek. Oh, I'm, brother. You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, it, it's, just a, it's a match made in heaven, I had to. I'm ashamed for you. How dare you? <laughs> but no, the images are like the old school Orion dancing it. girls actually, um, mm-hmm. on the old Star Trek. I remember watching those as a young, pubescent, adolescent male and thinking, wow, that chick cannot dance. <laughs> um, but as the shows would go on, I'd discover people like Seven of Nine and uh, Counselor Deanna Troy and, uh, oh, Major Kira. 
and even going into later uh, episodes of um, Paul on uh, on Enterprise, man, it, uh-huh. it just affected me so much. And I'm like, dude, sure, yeah. I just want to see one nip slip. Just one, one yeah. I, I mean, seriously, on Seven of Nine, that bodysuit was painted on <laughs> and so much. And this is just the dude's point of view, man. Dude, Riker was... Uh, you think they're going to alienate fans this way? Yeah. No, not at all. Not not at all. What, I, what I'm what i hoping is that... I guess, no, you're right. Towards... Yeah, I don't think the, the super, you know, plugged-in geeks watching this... You know they're definitely going to want some. These are our people. Little some some. Yeah, right. For They've been dreaming want... about this for years. Yeah. Now you're finally giving it to them. I don't even know if they can handle it. Now, for once, you want to have to go to your favorite website of 4chan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to get your topless Captain Janeway. <laughs> right. No. Because <laughs> no. that's where they're going for the Captain Janeway. Can I get all sorts of weird there? Oh man, no, Kate Mulgrew, man, she was all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, the, they, that's the hardcore. Whatever you're into. Whatever you're into. Hoping they whatever increase their into. fan base by introducing tentacles to the. Okay. Uh, all right. Thank, thank you for taking to the weird place. Um, but no, actually, this is uh, CBS is relying heavily on um, the popularity of Star Trek to boost their streaming service. Yeah. Um, despite like several setbacks during development, because their uh, their digital service has been kind of waning, and this is going to be like the big push that's supposed to make them legit. You know. So um, I mean, they've got a lot behind this. I'm hoping it's not something they start using as like a cheap tactic. A desperation move. I'm hoping they legitimately find a way to work these in the stories, yeah. so we still get a more like adults, a more um, a more real world, realistic uh, uh, presentation in a Star Trek show. Right. You know, they've done good work with making it more um, widespread and giving it more mass appeal with the movies. Now, you know, take that to the next level. Sure, yeah, they could so. probably add a, a good degree of authenticity to mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, there's a lot of characters that they speak in a in a way that seems very proper. I mean, they're all officers and, and very militaristic upbringing. And, it's a military show. Oh, it is. Mm. Uh, but I'm saying, you know, it would be nice if they dropped, like, an F-bomb or something like that. <laughs> okay, so more. Um, instead, instead of, like, you know, going, con, you know. Just, it's like, con, you mother. Exactly, yeah. Con, you know what you are? Just a dirty son of a. Well, well, well. Or I guess just a dirty son of a. Oh. It's a natural progression, right? Yeah, that's the only totally. way to go. No, nothing more natural <laughs> than that. All right, you know what? No, I'm jazzed for it. And maybe finally, if they do the historical stories, we'll finally see Picard and Guinan. Go. Yeah. yeah. I just like, what, what What can we do to Star Trek that can make it more popular, a little more now? Mm. Uh, boobs? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Sitting around there, right? That's what they're thinking. Yeah. yeah you know That'll how, help. Yeah. You know how long I've been waiting to see Brent Spiner's man boobs, man? We can make this happen. Yep. This is a thing. The time is now. Totally. Here we are. They, they got those uh, Kardashians, whatever they're called. The Kardashians, Card- that is not an alien race. I know. Yeah. It, it, it's easy to, to make it an is. assumption. You know, it I, is. I made it several times. They're, I'll, I'll, my girlfriend's watching the it. Car, they're, the they're Cardassians or whatever. Oh, the Cardassians. I call them Cardassians, but well, no, okay, well, she gets mad no, at me. No, no, man. Okay, look, Cardassians or Cardassians, you make the call. Uh... Uh, Cardassians. Okay, they the, the alien right race one. with the weird ass neck ridges. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they were gross. I'm. I wish Amy was here. I feel so alone. You all looking at me like. This 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 the the, the, the ten, This is your ten. thing, man. This is your 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 the the the, the resident Star Trek fan, man. All right, well, so. just the right. Just put a put a nice neat little ball on this. Then, um, CBS Interactive, the uh, CEO has dropped the bomb that uh, profanity and nudity may very well be featured in the new series. So keep an eye on that. Um, and Star Trek, uh, even though it's no longer be helmed by helmed by Brian Fuller, is still happening. This, this is not your grandma Star, right Star Trek. Yeah. This is not your granddad of Star Trek, kids. Um, so I actually am excited about this. Man. Sure, we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. All right, now we have got some serious information to get to. Ryan, now look across to you, and you got to check out a particular film, my friend, which was Space Between Us. It was a, uh, I guess, a futuristic, uh, relatively near futuristic. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Yep. Uh, movie about a boy. Uh, movie was set to be a set of group of astronauts to Mars, colonize Mars, mm-hmm. and uh, along the way, um, the captain, she finds out she's pregnant midway through the trip to Mars. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so we were just talking about, like, nudity in space, man. Glad you see, glad you're following the theme, so give us the lowdown. Um, they make it to uh, Mars. They show you the not-too-gory birth. Uh, Wait, they show the birth on, on, on screen? Not full frontal, but they, I don't know, it gets kind of graphic. Oh, man. 
Eh, I wouldn't call it graphic. They don't so really like, show anything important like that. It's just pretty intense. Good right. acting, I suppose. Well, you're trying to give a Mars birth. That's, I guess that gets pretty heated, right? I don't know. I feel like that'd be easier because the baby just kind of like floats out. There, then, there's gravity in Mars. There's gravity on Mars? There's gravity on Mars. Don't lie. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> don't lie. But, uh... <laughs> Alright, alright, so... Birth, uh, okay, is so that he, it? Or? He watched this Martian birth video. <laughs> but, um, she dies on the table, so he, this kid's a secret from all Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, they kept it uh, on the down low with uh, NASA because they didn't want to, like, lose any funding or... Um, of course, it's all politics. So this kid's raised on Mars by a bunch of scientists, so clearly he's smarter than everybody, every kid his age. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't get to talk to anyone except for, like, he goes online and chats with this one girl... Uh, from Earth, but doesn't tell him tell her where he's from. I wouldn't either, dude. I mean, <laughs> come on, what if you were invited to prom? It's like, okay, so just just heads up, it's gonna be me and me. It's basically like the movie Twins. He was born on an island. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any. Well, yeah, but that's, <laughs> I, I want to find out exactly in that environment, like, because he was caught diesel. All right, like with with no outside yeah, right. interference. But they teach him like karate in that too. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, though, I, 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 now here logistics of that situation. Arnold was the only one on that entire island who had any kind of like you know musculature. And yeah, this dude yeah. Was just like jacked uh, for days. Well, he had everyone else these, these like was... scrawny. Well, he had the super uh, genes. That was why. You know what I mean? But still, like they right. had a gym. You know, yep. or at the very least, he was eating, he, he was eating those protein coconuts. Yeah. Protein what? So, so <laughs> this kid. Is it going back to this movie? So this kid was born on Mars, and he's how old is he when, wait, wait, when pa we, we go to the movie? Movie. Let's also not negate the the fact that that movie tiptoe danced the entire time around the fact that they just had one big nerd orgy on that island. All right. Well, that, he wasn't born there. I don't think he was born. No, there. he was conceived. Right. Yeah. Uh, by, by he was a test tube baby though. Well, they all then got down with the test Yeah, tube, no, it was the, we, they, they make a joke. They say the sperm milkshake, I think. Yeah. That's what Danny DeVito does, yeah. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they tiptoe around that for years. I yeah. thought this was this nice, wholesome picture about two brothers finding each other okay. with this. I didn't know this. They had this whole, like, this whole 1970s porn subtext. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Twins is really, <laughs> really did it for me. It really <laughs> got wound I'm, I'm up. I'm just saying, okay, we talked about things that affected you as an, as an adolescent young male. I remember... No, sorry. Ryan, okay, Ryan, you were saying about um about uh, this, the space between us. Well, yeah, he space makes between. it to age 16, and he finally has the opportunity to move to Earth or visit Earth. Mm -hmm. um, on the way there, they or before that, they figure out he, his body won't handle it. But they were gonna, gonna give it a shot because he really wanted to go, and they thought... Really wanted to go to Earth. Of all places... No, I was gonna say I could see that actually. It, it, the movies start to make more and more sense if uh, I had never been exposed to anything. You know, suddenly, yeah, I want to take a quick visit to Arizona, see the sights. Right. Yeah. So, who directed this? Who's in this? Who's in this sucker? That is a good question. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I don't know who directed that. Well, that's okay. Well, talk to us about the picture, man. Because I mean, we didn't get a chance to check this out. One out, but you did. Give us the highs. Give us the lows. First of all, is this a picture that you would recommend cats check out? Oh yeah, yeah. That it's a really good one. It's made, I think, for the romantics, the nerds, the uh, um, someone who wants to just kill time. It's a really good show, good movie. Okay, see, now that surprises me because movies that are set in space are usually either really serious, really scientific, or the whole thing's like, oh god, there's aliens. We need ray guns. We gotta blast them. We gotta save ourselves and save the planet. It has a good mix of uh, mostly romantic, mostly smart, most and dashes of. Clever, witty, comedy. Um, so you have a lot of your cliche stuff where, oh, I get to experience this for the first time. Oh my gosh! And he has to make that experience that you've seen in every movie like this his own thing, and he does a really good job with it. Okay. Is the uh, is the plot the main uh, the main sort of focus of the film itself, or is it on character development, character interaction? Is um, it a visual type of movie? Gosh, that's a good question. Special um, effects. It's really fast paced. They include so much for this kid to do in just a few days. He gets to experience tons of stuff while going to find his real dad and. Um, well, that makes for the better than I think, because I mean, it sounds yeah. it sounds like it has the potential to really drag out. But you were entertained this whole time. Yeah, they they put a lot of stuff into that. With a lot of movies, if they put too much into it, it takes away from everything, mm -hmm. and it just seems way too unrealistic. And there's some unrealistic things to it, like a kid born on Mars. <laughs> like <a kid> <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but um, like this kid who has um, what's the word for it? He goes uh, back, uh, back and forth. Progeria. Yeah. Uh, diarrhea. 
<laughs> so I, I watched uh, a trailer for this movie, uh, and everything that you've said is in the trailer. You can sort of figure it out from watching the trailer. Is is the does the trailer itself give away too much from the movie, or is that only like the first it quarter? It says a lot about the movie, more than it necessarily should, I suppose. But it doesn't give anything away, really. It's a really good movie. Okay. 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 All right. So we're talking we're talking about child actors. Would you call out any performances here? Um, that's usually a tough call. I'd say through about 90%, it was very captivating. This uh, kid who played the main character, he did a great job for someone, I guess, who was 16 or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I presume he's 16. You presume? You presume. In real life. Um, you like Harry Potter. He's like, I'm only 10 years old in real life. <laughs> yeah, you see me in that role? I was 46 then. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's English. You'll see me in that role? I was 40. I had a terrible accent. I'm going to stop right now. <laughs> nice ride, Cliff. <laughs> Hey, people saw his dork in um in uh, Equus. Um, complete non sequitur. Sorry. Okay, so you'd recommend cats check this out. Um, dude, any choice words for the people on? It was really good acting. It was pretty deep, philosophical. Mm-hmm. It offered like, for example, in some of the scenes, you see these cool little gadgets he works with, and stuff that you'd either see in popular science where they're coming out with this in the near future, or it's out and it's just still an experimental, like that watch that uh, it's like a smartphone and it projects onto your wrist, so it's just a bracelet. Um, I've seen those in some uh, magazines that were, I guess they're already out, or they're coming out, and he was using it like he'd had it for years, and um, basically a little taste of what could be in the near future, mm-hmm. or product placement for when they finally do launch their nice new products. I feel like they'll slip that in every now and then. What was oh, it, yeah. uh, Taco Bell was all over Demolition Man. <laughs> oh um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, wait, Taco Bell was, yes, Taco Bell was in all over Demol- Demolition Man. Pepsi was in Judge Dredd, so they don't always make the best choices. That's what that says. All right, wait, wait, so was there a specific brand here? Um, I don't recall any specific brands, but you see these gadgets that you've seen in, for example, Popular Science or Popular Mechanics. Ah, okay, so they're not going to say, like, you know, go come to Mars and drive a Tesla? Oh, no, what do we give for a Tesla right now? <laughs> wow. All right. All right, so Ryan with a quick plug for Tesla. Dude, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, and Tesla, if you want to give away a free car, they're I'll not give gonna. a review on that. All right, no, Tesla, give me a vehicle. I'm the one. I'm kidding. Um, all right, too. so check out The Space. Uh, space Between Us. There you go. All right, cool. Thank you, man. All right, now, serious business, Adam. You you okay, buddy? Yeah. You preoccupied with that clown in the corner, man. Don't, don't look into his eyes. Yeah. That's, that's well, a bad I... scene. <clears throat> All right, no, um, you got to check out a uh, a movie. Actually, dude, I saw the trailer for this and was still kind of still went kind of cross-eyed, man. Maybe you can help me out. You got to see certain women. Certain women, yeah. Um, played at the Coolidge, so one of the best places to see a film in the city, of course. Um, certain women, yeah. It's uh, Kelly Reichardt uh, directed this. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with her work. She did uh, Meek's Cutoff. I think it was the last one she did. Uh, she did a movie called Wendy and Lucy. Uh, it was also had Michelle Williams in it. Uh, she oh. it's one of her uh, muses. You know what I mean? She did appears she in a lot of her movie films. With, uh, with uh, Chris Rock married to the French woman. I don't think so. Okay. No. Right. So this is a, an adaptation of uh, three short stories by uh, Mile Malloy. I don't really know her work, but so this is basically uh, three short vignettes um, on. Uh, these three women, uh, Laura Dern, uh, Michelle Williams, Kristen Stewart, and the newcomer, Lily Gladstone. Mm. And they're very uh, different. They're kind of interconnected, and they both kind of take place in this kind of rural Montana town. And it's very, you know, slow, easy going. But it's kind of these, these stories of, you know, these women doing this job, and it's the, the loneliness and the character. They're, it's, you know, very very slow and it's mostly like a story about what's not being said about much is being said and about like going on your you know your life and in this small town and the first one laura dern plays this lawyer and she has this really horrible client that won't you know believe anything she said he's trying to get you know win this case over workman's comp Mm -hmm. and then the second one uh, michelle michelle williams is in this one and she has a cheating husband and it's about her being like a mother when her kids and her husband are kind of not really on the same level as her emotionally and they're not really getting the satisfaction of the family mm-hmm. and the third one is probably the best one of the film and it's Kristen Stewart and Lily Gladstone like I said Lily Gladstone plays this woman who's a, a farmhand and she's kind of breaks horses 
And then all of a sudden, Kristen Stewart, she goes to this class, and Kristen, uh, Kristen Stewart's teaching this class um, for teachers. And she kind of like is immediately kind of attracted to her, and she starts going to this class just to see her. And mm -hmm. then they go out and they have a uh, uh, dinner every night at this diner and they kind of like get oh, to know each other a little bit. And then it's uh, Kristen Stewart ends up going back and the woman follows her there just to see her one more time. And it's kind of just like this very, you know, subtle. The movie's told in like glances, you know what I mean? It's it's all about what's not said and it's the look. It's the not looking back at you, you know. It, it's It's really... Very, very understated and very beautiful film. It's it's mostly you know in a in, in in movies today where everyone says exactly what they mean. It's really not really realistic. You know what I mean? Like it's very rare that you you know you say exactly what's on your mind and you always have the perfect word, like you know the perfect piece of dialogue to talk to somebody. Well, I always this know is, exactly. Um, I mean the uh, uh, uh have a have um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is you know this is kind of that movie that's kind of realistic in the way of like it's it's mostly about these you know these this longing these feelings that you have that you can't really put into words this you know this kind of this feeling of inadequacy this this feeling that you know you're 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 not really connecting the way you want to connect with your loved one with your coworker, with someone you represent with someone that you're interested in that you don't really know it's always it's Pretty all about choir, man i feel that way about herb every week right yeah he just doesn't get you i know he doesn't get me yeah but you know this is that one day buddy yeah this is that movie that you you know you just it, it, there's something there, and you and you and you feel it because you've experienced it yourself. You know what I mean? It's just that when you're trying to, you know, tell somebody how you feel, and you just don't know, and you don't know if you're ready to. And well, see, the tough so call with stories like that is it's tough to express that without being sappy, right? You know, and this and, is it because there's no grand gestures, there's no great statements, there's no great declarations of you know your loneliness. It's all about like you want to say it, but you just don't know how. So. It's it's a slow moving movie. That it's it's paced very deliberately, and there's nothing really in there that's out of place. Everything feels very natural. But it's I think it's one of those movies that you know you're kind of watching the clock, like oh when's this movie gonna end? But at the same time, when it ends, you're like wow, you're thinking about a lot of the stuff there. Like I'm thinking about like the day after, like this morning when I was thinking about the movie, thinking about reviewing it. And there's a scene where. At the end, this uh, uh, the actress Lily Gladstone. She is driving away after seeing Kristen Stewart one more time, and she has that look like she just like may never see her again. And it's very like a painful scene to watch, but it's you know you, you feel it's a very emotional movie, and it's it, it's 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 was very good. It was very well you know well paced. I thought the the characters feel lived in. It felt it felt like uh, they were fully formed. You know what I mean? You felt like they were people before you saw them on screen, and they're going to go on being people after. You know what I mean? Well, so it's very well rounded. Would seeing this make me want to go and read more of the more of these short stories? Probably, yeah. Because. You know what I mean? I like I said, I I'm not familiar with uh, uh, her work, the sh these short stories, but they're very very good short films all rolled into one movie. Mm. And like I said, they're not really connected so much as they all take place kind of in the same area, and you know they occupy the same time and the same place but they don't really there's not much overlap but it's basically about you know it's like certain women certain women live this way these women just look tired kind of worn out you know what i mean from a lot of living a lot of you know it's, it's tough out there so this is kind of movie for that and i thought it was very well done very good movie is, is there an actual struggle with the characters and and what they're doing every day it's just like kind of it's it's not like a uh uh contrived like struggle in terms of like the plot like oh something like just thrown in it's just kind of like your your day-to-day -day job it's like day-to-day -day existence you know moment to moment like the struggles of like like i said of communication of how you're you know re you know reacting to your husband how you're reacting to your coworker who doesn't pay attention to you how you're reacting to someone that you know you're you're interested in that you doesn't know if you're they're interested in you so that's that's the struggle, and that's you know more to true to life, I think. So my entire of, story of middle school and high school, right, and College yeah, and yeah. now. So, but it's it was it's it was a very good movie, a very good cast. I thought it was cast perfectly. You know, it's good to see Laura Dern, Michelle Williams, Kristen Stewart, all these very good actresses. You know, and shout out to Lily Gladstone. Like I said, I've never seen her in anything before, but she she knocked it out. So yeah, it's Laura great. Dern is a name you've thrown on a couple of times. I don't actually know her work. I know she's been. She did a movie, Citizen Ruth. That was fantastic. 
Okay. Like it was, she was, she played this woman who was, uh, has this baby and she wants to get an abortion and she's torn between two parties that are pro-choice and pro-life people mm-hmm. and each of them is trying to win her over one way or the other and how that plays out is fantastical. Yeah. Lord, don't you done a, uh, st- Jurassic Park, I know. Yeah. She was the, um, um, she was the, the she was the foil, scientist. The yeah. That, sure. Yeah. Um, and the love interest of, uh, Dr. Grant. Yeah. Well, dude, how does that translate to uh, such a dramatic role? Because I'm getting well, no... Well, she's done drama before. That. She's just, you know, she's a she's an actress that's been a lot, around a long time. I don't think this is, like, uh, you know, out of her element in any way, you know? Uh, mostly, it's, it, you look at, like, Kristen Stewart, who's still a, a very young actress that since Twilight has done some really good movies. Yeah. And she's, she's really, she's I think, even her... Out of that image. Yeah, I think Robert that. Pattinson's another guy, too. They're, they're trying to really do... Things that are kind of separating them it's the same way Daniel Radcliffe is doing something so different from Harry Potter because they don't want to be Harry Potter for the rest of their life. Yeah, you know what I mean? How well I think it worked out for Elizabeth Berkley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I hear what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, striptease this... hasn't followed her at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, this movie. Um, this movie. Uh, it, it, okay, dude, it actually sounds pretty interesting. Um, it didn't look so from the original trailer, but actually, yeah, hearing you talk about yeah, it, it's it's I it's a slower see... thing. You know what I mean? There's not like like I said, there's not a lot of uh, action. You know what I mean? It's mm. mostly like I told you. Like I said, it's very understated. You kind of got to be in the mood for it you know if you're not you're not going to enjoy it you're just going to be waiting for the time to go by but if you are man if you really are it's 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 definitely a very rewarding movie it's definitely rewarding to watch it again because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you miss you know what i mean there's a lot of things that you you wouldn't normally pick up on just kind of you know at first glance but it's definitely worth worth going out and see cool. for sure Ooh, thanks man absolutely all right and uh dude i want to touch on coming to boston the boston comedy festival Right. That's the thing. That's a it's a it's a function that's near and dear to my heart. Mostly because we've had a connection to it the past four years. Yeah. In fact, actually going back farther than four years, I think one of our first guests on this show, well, not this show, the Geek Down, but when you and I started working together, one of our uh, first guests that first year was Jim McHugh. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the original um, the original like uh, host yeah. of the Boston Comedy Festival. Well, it's coming back around again this time with like some huge names, uh, Patsy uh, Patty Ross. Is uh, comedian of the year being honored there? Um, Boston favorites like Lenny Clark coming out, coming uh, coming back, and dude, lifetime achievement being given to Cliff Clavin himself, right? John wow. Ratzenberger, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now this is the dude. If you ever watched Cheers, yeah, Cliffy, yay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> hey, tell you what, Nomi, I got a story about a. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, what's the matter, Nami? We all got we got Ratzenberger <laughs> impressions the whole, oh. whole day up in the show. So. Yeah, dude. I mean, but not, nah, but the fact. He's so he's getting he's, a lifetime achievement comedy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was a thing that they did. Either. No, no, I didn't either. Yeah, how many people have been snubbed for that Oscar, the heralded comedy <laughs> Oscar? Yeah. No, seriously, it's, uh, comedy didn't get that much prestige and respect. It seems, right. but no, you have things like the comedy festival who honors folks like that. Yeah. Um, and dude, it's not just a uh, like a round of comedians coming to Boston. They do as uh, part of the festival. The uh, they do stand, they do uh, roast and stand and basically stand up. Of course, it's still comedy. You know, it's like a battle of bands. Seri- it's not all serious. It's not all business. Right? Yeah, it, um, dude, they have the judgings and competition. Uh-huh. And cats come out and bring their uh, you know bring their best. Folks like uh, known folks in Boston like uh, Lamont Price. Um, oh, friend of the show Bethany Van Delft. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to be there. Oh, yeah, tons. I got a couple of names here. Um, I mentioned Lenny Clark, which is a big one. Kyle Kinane's going to be in-house. Oh, man, yeah. he's good. Kyle Kinane's funny, yes. dude. Yeah. You got to meet Joe Coy. What are you talking about, man? Awesome I'm, I'm jealous as hell. This dude got to meet Joe Coy uh, last week. He was uh, doing a photo shoot. Um, there's a long line. You only got to spend a couple minutes with him. But uh, Orlando still- Baxter... Was there and he mm. was hilarious. Yep, another cat from Boston, Orlando Baxter. Dude, you're killing me though. Um, but yeah, coming to uh, coming to the, uh, uh, this round at the festival, there's going to be a uh, cast like Rob Ryan, uh, Molly Comfeld, um, Madison Malloy, uh, Preacher Lawson, Liz Russo, Alvin David, Suzanne Boitano. I thought that was one name. <laughs> I was like, uh, ah, that one guy. Put that up on the marquee. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's my middle name. What are you talking about? What really? Yeah, the uh, whole thing. Brian Boitano. Oh, and also I should also mention Pat Bordenov. Uh, yeah, yeah so what, dude, I'm going to be hosting the. Uh, yeah, I'll be hosting at the Rockwell. This is taking place at uh, at uh, three venues. That's where I was going to ask you. Laugh Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, once in Somerville. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know once? We know once, right? Got the movie once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only been to Somerville once. Yeah, it used to be cafe and cuisine. They do. Uh, cuisine they do the uh, the metal nights every. I think like Tuesday night. Yeah, mm-hmm. metal night. Um, they also do the Simpsons trivia that I go to very often. Yeah. 
Um, okay, something weird just happened with the Twitch stream. I think uh, the audience lost us for a minute. So if you're catching up, still the geek down. How you doing? Um, but yeah, they do a bunch of other things. They're doing uh, one leg of the Boston Comedy Festival, and also at the Rockwell, formerly uh, the Somerville, the, the uh, Davis Square Theater. Oh, mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to be. That's where I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, what what times is, is uh, are you going to be there? Oh, on uh, that, do you do you do you host? What, oh, what, what I those personally times? will be there on uh, November sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Uh, for both performances, and basically we get to judge some of the best talent coming to Boston, coming through Boston. And how do you judge comedy? You know what I mean? It's just like, because sometimes, you know, uh, well, comedy Adam sometimes Well, Adam what not... you're asking there is a very tough question. you got to consider all types of facets of how well they work the crowd. It's all prop comedy, right? Yeah, no, totally, totally, <laughs> dude. Um, how well they use those rubber chickens. Yes. Uh, no, seriously, it comes down to um, you judge uh, how comfortable they are on stage, how varied their material is. So a lot of it's how... performance, not just like strength of jokes, right? Well, I mean, yeah, if it's funny versus if it's not, that that's a very personal thing. But if someone comes on and they can really work the crowd and they utilize the whole stage and really make people feel engaged in, in, the, in, in the performance versus someone that gets up there, they stand up for the microphone, uh... <laughs> No, no. You know, I mean, you take these things into account. Also, what kind of rapport they 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 develop with the room? Yeah. You know, and these are things you pay attention to. I myself am a comedy nerd going way back, and it's kind of an honor to be uh, be invited to take part in something like this. I've judged battle yeah, of the band cool, competitions. Man. You know, several shows that I've hosted with different uh, with different groups have given you a different given me a different sense of types of performances, and with comedy. Um, it's you know no it's the same you're basically looking at artists perform their craft no you know and you keep that is there anything more annoying though than somebody being really into a comedian and think they're the funniest person in the world and you just don't find them funny yes I find that's a problem I have I have that problem too. I just Wait, get okay. mad I'm like that's not funny like you know what I mean like people think Joe Rogan's funny you know so, what I mean <laughs> is there no, gonna be a competition uh, there is a competition yeah several rounds of competition so you're gonna be you're gonna be one of uh, a few judges that are gonna basically pick out who's the I'm funny going to guy decide or lady yes that guy's funny looking he wins mm. this guy okay see, this is why they don't <laughs> all right yes johnny yep no right um but it's the boston comedy festival uh taking place at laugh boston um once in somerville and the rockwell also in somerville uh, November 16th, 17th, and 18th of the actual prelim competition. That's like Davis Square, Somerville, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And it's going on all week. Uh, John Rathenberger will be in town on the 18th receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. Dude, this is going to be big. And you can come down and see my ugly mug, man. Check mm-hmm. us out. Uh, for any additional information, um, I actually brought up the website. You can go to bostoncomedyfest.com, or you can shoot us a message at thegeekdown.com. At gmail.com. Oh, excuse me. No. At geekdownradio at gmail.com. Gotcha. I'm, I get confused sometimes, kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So what's it with, uh, like, what is your top comedian working right now? Right now? Yeah, working. Not like all time, because everybody has those. It's yeah. always the same, you know. No, I got to give people. it I gotta give it to um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover is yeah. a dude that I've, I've been Donald watching Glover. for years. Childish Gambino? Childish Gambino. I've been watching him for years. Uh, for a long time, he was just this random face in a uh, comedy group that I've, I uh, used to watch their videos on YouTube called Derek Comedy. Uh, yeah. And, dude, they would do these really small, really low budget, but really funny videos of, like, simple concepts, but hilarious. Ellie Kemper was on one of my favorite ones. I mentioned Donna Glover, but one of my favorite ones was by uh, Ellie Kemper, uh-huh. uh, now actress of a bunch of random-ass movies. Um, uh, but back then she was part of this comedy group just doing a uh, bit where um, she was basically about to uh, give her boyfriend a BJ and she's asking him how he likes it. And, and, and her questions are, our questions are, okay, so so how much teeth do you want? <laughs> like dry, like a desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So, I know so how, how dry do you want? I'm going to make this so dry for you. It's like, no, no. And it was, it was just hilarious. Um, yeah, a lot of good comedy. Donald Glover has carried that. He's an interesting story, too, how he was doing that comedy and performing uh, while he was still a college student uh-huh. and never actually got his degree because he still has, like, literally, like, two credits to fulfill, which which would be fulfilled by his RA, um, uh, uh, by his RA clause. Yeah. And uh, basically, he has to be an RA at the college for, like, a month. And to and, get and his degree. To get his degree. And he hasn't done it. 
and they were like yeah, eight years later. And I think like, he's no. going to be okay. He wouldn't have that RA job to fall back yeah. on. Comedy's funny, though, man. And there's some people that are like really, really funny, but they're not like good stand up comedians. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah, there's yeah. so many people that are like hilarious. Like, Robert Downey Jr. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's one of the funniest guys ever, but he's not like you put him on a stage, he's not going to do that great just sitting there cracking jokes. Like, See, ben Stiller is like another guy, he's like really funny, but he's not like you put him on a stage, he's not going like, to crack I don't think so. Wow, man. You know what I mean? A lot of them do, but like, there's a lot of bad stand-ups that are just really funny guys, too. Mm-hmm. You People know told me I should do stand-up. I'm like, yeah, I don't have the chops. Yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a much. different beast. You know what I mean? It's a whole different thing. So. Yeah, that wasn't the humble brag. I mean, seriously, they've said that, and I'm like, I would not dare. Yeah. Because uh, it terrifies the crowd. I think like, Bill Burr's a good stand-up, but I don't think he's funny like in stuff. Well, that's the thing. A lot, a lot of stand-ups, dude, are just like, they're funny on stage. But you talk to them in person, and they are just yeah. the most like self-loathing. Well, you know, like Chris angry. Rock is a, is a good example because Chris Rock is, I think, one of the greatest stand-ups of all time. I, I think I think he's most. A cutter, I know. Yeah, but when he's you not, put him in a, a cutter, movie, a, a when you put him in a movie, like the movie's only good when he it's like a, a showcase for his stand-up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was the, uh, the movie where he's like the Down old man? Yeah. Down to earth. And so exactly. all of a sudden, like yes. the movie sucks, but then all of a sudden it's like you give him a chance to do his stand-up mm-hmm. and like for that five-minute scene where he's in the boardroom, yes. he does his stand-up and you're like, wow, that was really, that was really I funny. Exactly but it's only because about. he's doing right like what he does on stage. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not, it doesn't really translate. Well, it's a tough call, man. I mean, yeah. that's why a lot of people, they, they're, they're, they're really jazzed about getting on uh, SNL because they develop the right character that can be something they can translate to a movie and that'll be right. their big yeah. break yep. versus their beautiful, amazing, brilliant stand-ups and other realms they just, just they don't can't do carry over. You know, It doesn't take anything away from their stand-up. They're still no, they're, funny, they're talented individuals immensely talented, but, but in that realm. You yeah. know, it's, like, it's like asking, hey, um, Johnny Cash, how do you feel about surfing? <laughs> <laughs> Funny shirts. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I gave my uh, I gave my top comedian uh, working today. Do you have a uh, top a top guy, gal, Ooh, other working? T- uh, yeah, I see. I set myself up to to not have a really good. <laughs> I think, answer, curve, you know what I, mean? Ugh, I think it's that. still Louis C.K. Man, I I I think that's obviously uh, a very you know well known and popular uh, choice. But Boston I just I don't zone, think yeah. there's really any any better working right now. I think he's just brilliant. Is, and he just does new material all the time. I think that's really big, that's too. That's another thing I could He's constantly use. putting out new stuff, which is, is just crazy in general. And like he's, but stuff. he's another one of those guys he translates, too. He does a show. He does everything. He's, mm-hmm. he's a genius. Oh, no. He, he is a workhorse supreme. Yeah, like, this so. dude, he writes for other people. He's written. He's like. You wrote Pootie Tang, man. And, and if you need to say anything tang, else, baby. that's it, dude. That's it. You wrote Pootie Tang. Yeah. Oh, also, <laughs> if anyone's it. unfamiliar, he had a show. Um, check out Lucky Louie. Lucky Louie on HBO before before the other one. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that movie, that show was depressing. Yeah, but then that was... really crappy one room they had in that bad apartment, right? Yeah, that, 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 that's, yeah. your, that's your HBO budget. Work, yeah, man. no, it was it was the early days, but yeah, yeah that movie that show was is kind of kind of sad, you know. It was, but it's still iconic. Like to this day, he's still heralded by. He's a He's comedian's favorite comedian. Yeah. You know, that's the level that Louis C.K. Uh, has, has reached uh, by yeah. now. And it's like, we know his work, and he's funny as hell. That's actually a good pick, man. Mm. Yeah, he's good, man. So, that's I, 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 I want to pull the room, but we're running out of time. Real quick, do you guys have a favorite comic working today? You want to shout uh, out? If I can pick a YouTube personality, then go sure. I, I go with Obi-Wan. Uh, he sort of uh, comments on uh, video game-related news and topics and sort of gives his little opinion on it but he has like this character that is um it's overly excited and what he does it's more like a like a proppy style comedy where he does a lot of graphics all over the place so mm-hmm. when he's talking about something he's like overly hyper active and he has like unicorns pop out of nowhere and like randy savage will do something like Powerbomb someone in the background. Okay, yeah. Probably talking about something. You lost me at unicorns, uh, but you had me get a range seven. He's, right. okay. he's really good. Obi Wan, I, I, I like him. All right, and Tom, toss up between Tom Segura and Chad Daniels. They got that dry humor that always leaves you wondering: Are these serious or not? Mm-hmm. That twisted dark humor, that I'm, off-putting. That I'm okay with them. I get I get a sense of um of uh what was his name? Uh, do you remember uh, uh Jonathan Katz? No. Okay, Jonathan Katz, really dry delivery. Um, and also, I get to talk about that show afterwards, man. He had a show, Doctor Katz, professional therapist. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. 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 He was good, and that's also where uh, a lot of famous uh, comedians got their, you know, quick break getting on TV with their voice. Good one, kinda. 
All right, and uh, we've reached the end of our hour, man. Um, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. You can catch us every Monday night at 9 p.m. right here on WEMFradio.com. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, you want to give us your personal opinion, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. And also, thank you for watching the Twitch stream if you were checking our our beautiful faces there. And if you weren't, for future reference, you can watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. Also, check us out on our social media, on Facebook slash thegeekdown, on Twitter slash thegeekdown, Instagram slash thegeekdown. Check us out on SoundCloud slash geekdown. All of this stuff is available on our um, on our show page. YouTube? At well, let me get there on our show page at wemfradio.com where you can also get the email the email link um, the YouTube link and you can uh, check us out on iTunes directly just type in geek down or geek down radio with the geek down any the combination and we'll come up look for the familiar logo and dude it'll be awesome I promise you all right blow your mind exactly see bam in-house unbiased <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we're getting silly, dude. Uh, you've listened. You've been listening to the Geek Down. Want to remind you all to catch us next Monday night, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>